From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, Jr. the Joint Finance Committee last week approved a funding plan to fix the roads. They took out Governor Evers' proposal for an $0.08-cent-a-gallon hike in the gas tax and instead voted to pay for it via a $95 increase in title fees and a $10 increase in vehicle registration fees. Why did they decide to go this route in lieu of a gas tax? You know, there are 19 Senate Republicans. They need 17 votes to pass a budget, and they just couldn't figure out a way. There wasn't a path to get a gas tax hike through that caucus. So what they ended up doing were these fee increases that get them the same ballpark as Evers for overall spending. Um, The Legislative Fiscal Bureau, which is the nonpartisan budget arm of the legislature, tells us they're right pretty close, same neck of the woods for overall spending and how much they borrowed for roads. They just got there in that different way by using the fee increases and not the gas tax hike. Now, you know, they're some issues with going the fee route that Democrats pointed out. For example, um, an elderly woman who drives twice, three times a week, she's going to pay more for registration as somebody who's on the road um, doing sales and put on 50,000 miles a year. How is that fair, Democrats asked. You're also not going to catch drivers from Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa, Michigan, you know, pick your place, coming through Wisconsin for you know, either work or on tourism. You're not catching those folks help pay for what they're doing to the roads. So how is this equitable? Um, Republicans countered that, look, the gas tax is regressive as well because it treats everybody the same. So if you're poor or wealthy, you're going to pay the same rate. And to them, this is a more sustainable solution than going a gas tax route, which, again, they know they can't get through that Senate Republican caucus. Right, but now at least two Republican senators have signaled that they won't support this plan would that hold up the rest of the budget process? That's a good question because, like, Dewey Strobel uh, is from southeastern Wisconsin. He's on the Joint Finance Committee. He voted against the transportation budget, which doesn't happen very often where you have a majority party member voting against something as significant as this. However, um, Senator Strobel told us he's happy with the budget otherwise. And being on finance, you're kind of expected to support the budget because you helped craft it. Um, but Senator Steve Noss uh, from Whitewater, Republican from down there, He raised concerns about the DOT proposal. Um, He's worried there aren't reforms to the agency that would make it worthwhile to him to put more money into DOT that would make them feel better. Now, the issue is going to be Governor Evers. Um, Do you get Governor Evers on board? Because if you're limiting his Department of Transportation, he may not be a big fan. So that's going to be something to watch is whether this becomes an effort of just Republicans pushing bills to get vetoed or if it's actually truly a joint effort of all parties to get something done. Republican leaders say they're aiming for joint finance to complete its work on the budget by the end of the week. What's left on the agenda, and do you think they'll meet the deadline? Uh, Their promises they'll meet the deadline, so so far I've got nothing to, no reason to doubt them, but the big thing's left. Um, We have taxes, if they're going to include another tax cut in this budget. We have the capital budget, which is basically all the buildings, you know, on the University of Wisconsin campuses, state buildings, those kinds of things, what they're going to approve for new projects with that. Um, we have the Stewardship Fund, which is a program the state has to buy and preserve land, um, what they're going to do with that. And then, you know, some smaller things uh, that are left. But for the most part, they've knocked out the big things. 
However, that tax discussion is going to be interesting because, you know, already you've seen Republicans and Governor Evers differ on a middle class income tax cut. Will Republicans try again for a similar tax cut? No, he's already vetoed it once. Will they try to craft something different or do they try and sock away money because there are concerns that we are headed toward a recession at some point? And when that downturn hits, <clears throat> you're going to see state revenues go down. So do you want to keep more money put aside in case that happens to weather the storm and not have to make deep cuts to state spending that you've just approved? On another topic, Kevin Nicholson is back in the public eye. Nicholson lost the Republican primary for U.S. Senate last year and says he's launched a new group that will focus on promoting conservative policies and helping President Trump in 2020. Now, some people were skeptical of Nicholson when he ran for Senate because he served as president of the college Dems years ago. Are you surprised that Nicholson has resurfaced, and do you think he'll run for a major office in 2022? Uh, there is no doubt when the people I talk to that Kevin Nicholson will run again. The question is for which office and when. Um, on that, to that point, I mean, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson has not said for sure yet if he's going to seek a third term uh, in 2022, if he's going to run for governor, or if he's going to just go back home to Oshkosh and get out of politics. So there's one big question. Uh, former Governor Scott Walker has been very active on social media and other places keeping his name alive and saying he might run again in 2022. Again, for what? A rematch with Tony Evers for U.S. Senate. So there could be a complicated picture for Nicholson about which office might be open to run for. But for Nicholson, he's had these questions about his kind of conservative credentials or credibility since he ran against Leah Vukman for that GOP nomination because he really hadn't been around Wisconsin in a lot of these fights over things like Act 10 or the recall elections. He hadn't been a high-profile person, whereas Vukmir had. Ever since he lost the primary to Vukmir, he's done things like backing Vukmir in the um, general election, going Lincoln Day dinners to talk to local Republican activists. He went to the state convention last month. He's been building up that credibility, and this new group that he's formed will be a platform for him to continue to do that and talk about conservative ideas. Now, it also, to some people, has looks of a campaign of waiting. He has several people be paid staff for this thing who worked on his 2018 campaign. He has people who had various roles, such as honorary co-chairs of his campaign on the advisory board. And he has Illinois businessman Dick Uline on the advisory board. Uh, Uline was a major backer of groups that spent money supporting Nicholson last year. Um, so Uline might be able to help fund this organization to give Nicholson that continued platform to raise his profile, to build his credibility, and then run again the question is when. Is this going to be a a three-year effort, or might it be five years? I have to wait for 2024 um, when Senator Ball would be up again. And finally, the Democratic Party of Wisconsin has a new leader. Ben Wickler was elected to the post at the party's convention last week. Wickler is the former leader of the liberal group MoveOn.org and will serve as state party chair through the 2020 presidential election. What do you think his leadership will look like? Well, he's got a background in organizing. That's the big thing for him. I mean, for any state party chair, um, your big things are raising money, being a messenger, and organizing, building infrastructure. Um, with Wickler, we know he has an organizational background from working, working with MoveOn.org. Message-wise, I mean, anytime your state party chair and your party occupies a governor's office, you have a little bit less of a role as a messenger because the governor has that proverbial bully pulpit to kind of preach the party message from, right? So for Wickler, that was not as much a, 
big deal. Also got to raise money. That money he raises and funds an infrastructure the party can build because we're going to be a key swing state in 2020. Um, we've seen the Democratic Party build up if it's infrastructure to have more people in place permanently in campaign offices. So where will he take things that Martha Lanning did, the outgoing chair, where we take it for what she did to build it to something else? And then what happens to the national folks? Because they'll have a say, too. I mean, whoever is the, the nominee for president for Democrats, he or she will have a role in, you know, what kind of focus Wisconsin has in terms of a state for the November election, what kind of resources we get, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's some things that are to be determined, but the thing you watch with Wickler is that organizational strength and how does he turn into a fundraising strength for the party. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.